And we're going to see an act today through Peter, right? The Apostle Peter, um, as Jesus performed this act through Peter. Peter was the instrument to an amazing act. So today, we're going to read our scripture. We're going to jump straight into it. And I want to break some things down, and you're going to see uh, a shift, like a scene shift. You you ever watch those movies where you have like four different stories going on at the same time, and then crazily, you know, they kind of just mesh towards the end, right? Some of those movies go like that. Well, this is kind of one of those things where we've been in this scene, and we saw the story of Saul, of Saul escaping from Damascus and being lowered um, in a basket, and he goes and preaches the good news in Jerusalem and does these amazing things and is, and is sharing the gospel now. He's had this amazing transformation. And the last verse that we read before we got to where we are today, in verse 31, it says, So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened. And living in fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit and increased in numbers. And that's interesting because at the very beginning of Acts, in Acts chapter 1, let me jump back to this, and I believe it's verse 8, it gives us the big picture of a preview of what's about to happen. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but, as Jesus is talking before he ascends, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Jesus told them what was going to happen, and now that's happening. Crazy, right? Judea, Galilee, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And we're seeing that happen. Now we're at the kind of meanwhile, Peter's doing some stuff too. It's not just Saul. Now Peter's doing some things, and we're going to see that today. Let's pray about that before we begin. Father, I pray today that as you guide us through this scripture, as you guide us uh, through your word, that we find application and growth because of that. Father, move today in Jesus' name. Amen. Starting in verse 32, let's read. This is the healing of Aeneas. And we read that with the kids just a little bit. As Peter was traveling from place to place, he also came down to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed And he'd been bedridden for eight years. And Aeneas said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. And immediately he got up. So all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Then in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. She was also doing good works and acts of charity. The translation of that, just let me cut right there, is gazelle, okay? So in both those translations, Tabitha and Dorcas can be tra- translated into gazelle. So it's this, this um, beautiful person, in a sense, in the name translated to, and we'll come to that in just a bit. Sorry. Um, doing good works in acts of charity. Verse 37, about that time she became sick and died. After washing her, they placed her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there and sent two men who urged him, don't delay in coming with us. 
So Peter got up and he went with them. When he arrived, they led him to the room upstairs. And all the, all the widows approached him, weeping and showing him the robes and the clothes that Dorcas had made while she was with them. So Peter sent them all out of the room. He knelt down and he prayed, turning toward the body, and he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her stand up. He called the saints and the widows and presented her alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Peter stayed for some time with, in Joppa with Simon, a leather tanner. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray, pray one more time that the Lord speaks to us. Father, right now as we've read your word, may your spirit guide us. May your spirit speak through me as we grow in understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Verse 32. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to bring one little statement here, and it should speak volumes to us. As Peter was traveling from place to place. Remember, as I said, it, it was the, the meanwhile, while Saul was doing these amazing things and already hit the ground running, immediately he began sharing the good news of the gospel after he was saved, after he was baptized. Saul immediately do, started doing these things, right? It was awesome. Because of this, the gospel started to grow and everyone's taking note and everybody's talking about, look what this Saul was doing and look what he's doing now. And that's a lot to take in. It's a big scene that happens here. And now there's this, meanwhile, while this is happening, Peter's still around. Guys, Peter's been doing amazing things, right? Peter's been doing amazing things. So Peter, while he's traveling from place to place, not sitting on his bottom, not waiting for the Lord to show us something, but right off the bat, Peter is brought back to us as someone who is going from place to place. Peter is going from place to place looking for things to do. Not waiting for God to knock on his front door and present him with a proposal. Peter, since you did that, I think you would be good if you could come do this for me now. It's not, that's not how it works. That's not how a servant works. A servant doesn't sit on their bottom and wait for the Lord to come and present something magical to them and a proposal to you to maybe serve if it's convenient for you. Remember last week, God is not looking for ability as much as he is looking for your availability. And to be available for the work of God is for you not to sit on your butt, but to get up and be doing and going from place to place having the eyes to see needs and then having the desire to follow that up to do things to help meet those needs in the name of Jesus. And Peter had that posture. Peter had that mindset. Peter was looking. He was searching and he was doing. I could stop right there in our scripture reading today and we could preach on this for many weeks. Because this is the problem that we face as Christians. We find this area of contentment. We are a Christian. We are saved. I am right with the Lord. I'm doing everything I can to be right with the Lord here to feel good about myself. And we stay isolated in our own little island and forget about the rest of the world. 
Whereas scripture, and so many times, and this should speak to us, and the principle of the scripture today, we should see that we've got to be doing. We've got to be going, we've got to be searching, we've got to be believers, followers, but doers for Jesus. If there is an idea that you have, maybe the Lord has laid it on your heart, do it. If there is a need that needs met, do it. And if you, ain't, if you don't know what to do, and you're just waiting for something to happen and you're willing to do it, don't wait. Go and do and be searching for it. Finding needs and allowing God to use you to meet them. Peter is just that. But it doesn't just happen there. There's people in our life, people in our church, um, that are sometimes presented with life-changing situations that God can use them too. And sometimes God can call us to do things that we didn't think we would have the power to do, but he places things on our heart. And there was a perfect situation of that a few years ago in our community um, uh, as the, the, the incident and the tragedy of uh, Aaron Williams when he wrecked his vehicle um, and fought for his life. And our church had a big part in that, and people in the church did as well. Uh, I want to show you this video that was made by CBN, uh, the uh, Christian Broadcasting Network, that uh, actually features, features Brock in it. So let's watch this. I just knew life had stopped for us. And I remember looking out the UK window, and there was a football game, and people were going. And I said, these people's lives are just going on. They're laughing and talking. We're in this room and our lives have stopped. It was homecoming weekend for Bath County High School in Kentucky. On the way to the dance, 16-year-old Aaron Williams lost control of his car and slammed into a tree. Aaron sustained massive head trauma and was unconscious as the car burst into flames. Brock Baber drove by the scene just moments after the accident. There was uh, a man carrying what looked, what looked to be a body and he was bringing it up towards his tailgate of his truck. It was very traumatic. Uh, they were just kind of in shock and at a loss of what to do. And something just came over me and said, guys, I'm gonna pray. Brock's prayer was the first of thousands for Aaron. Homecoming was canceled and students gathered at a local church to pray. His parents, Chris and Veronica, rushed to the UK hospital, uncertain of Aaron's condition. I couldn't get there fast enough. I needed to see him, I needed to see what he looked like, I needed to, I needed to be there. I stopped at that curb, kneeled down, and asked God to save my son. Aaron was in a coma with traumatic brain injury and on life support. A doctor told Chris the prognosis. And he said, your son won't live through the night. He had a disfusion, accidental brain injury. In layman's terms, they told me, his brain has been decapitated from his body and all the neurons are just spinning in his head. According to the doctor, 90% of people with his injury do not survive. The remaining 10% live with permanent mental or physical disabilities. Over the next few days, classmates and the community came to pray for Aaron in the trauma unit. You can't go back there unless the nurses light you but they let all 200 people come in and see him. And then we asked her at one time, why? She said, because they didn't expect him to make it. 
He clung to life as prayer gatherings and encouraging emails came in from around the world. Chris and Veronica put their faith in God for a miracle, despite the prognosis. Every time a doctor would tell us something what they knew, professionally knew, my wife and I would look at each other and say, let's trust God. Let's just keep trusting God. No matter what they just told us, let's trust God. Five days after the accident, Chris and Veronica feared they would be asked to remove Aaron from life support. That night, Veronica says she fought for Aaron's life in prayer. I laid, opened up the Bible. I read those scriptures. I prayed. I read out the Bible and I prayed and I went all the way around his bed. And I did this for two solid hours. And I knew at that moment, I knew God was in control. Everything that was happening, God was in it. And I knew it was going to be okay. I knew it. Twelve hours later, Aaron suddenly showed signs of brain activity. They would pinch him, they would take his skin and they would pinch him and they would scream in his ear, trying to get any kind of movement, any kind of response. There was nothing. She grabbed that broken collarbone and pressed on it as hard as she could press. She said, Aaron, you've been in a car wreck. I need for you to give me a thumbs up. And just in the nick of time, that day, nothing before, but Aaron, thumbs up. He was transferred to a rehab hospital but remained in a vegetative state coma. Then 43 days after the accident, a friend noticed something different about Aaron. He said, he's trying to talk to us. And I said, what do you mean? He said, he's trying to tell us something. He said, do you have an iPad? So we opened it up and got it started and they put it in his hands and he instantly, he opened it up on the notes and started texting, what's wrong with me? How long have I been here? Why can't I talk? Why can't I walk? He had so many questions. It went on for an hour. And that day was wonderful. Because that was the day we knew he was there. Against all odds, Aaron was back. He had to learn to speak and walk again, but was soon fully functional and thankful for the prayers that sustained him. Whenever I first woke up, I thought it was just a regular car wreck, regular old car wreck. I wasn't, I didn't know all the details yet. So I was like, isn't there a lot of people that get in car wrecks and they don't have prayer groups like this? And I was just amazed. I'm thankful to have all everybody around me that supports me, helps me through everything that I go through. I believe and pay tribute to an almighty God who heard the prayers of thousands of people. There is power in prayer. What the doctors have told us, what he has come through, you have to believe it. It's a miracle. There's no doubt. Aaron returned to school and graduated in 2018. He's attending college in Kentucky and pursuing an engineering degree. Chris and Veronica are thankful for all the prayers and the presence of God when they needed him most. When you have a crisis in your life, you need him. And you've got to be ready, you've got to be prayed up, because if I wasn't, I, I wouldn't have been in the situation where I could have done that for my son. I couldn't have prayed for him. And I know that's the only thing that has helped him. Aaron is, is, is proof in God and hope. Even though I was told there was no hope, there's always hope for Jesus, always. 
Hope with Jesus. Always hope with Jesus. Let's give y'all a hand on that. That's awesome. I don't know if you'd seen that before. It's been out for about a, a, a little while now, but uh, that's powerful, and that's evidence. Evidence that there is power in prayer. I still remember um, the evening that happened that uh, we actually had a prayer circle with all the kids that were going to homecoming, came in church here, and we opened the church up and had a, a prayer service uh, that night right here and uh, headed down to the hospital that evening. And uh, there was very little hope on the flesh side of it, but whenever you lean on God, there is hope in Jesus because amazing things can happen. And I wanted to share that today because we get so stuck in uh, the culture of the past and we think that this is all there is, right? Well, that, that story happened back then and miracles don't happen today. Amazing things like that don't really happen today, right? But yes, they do. Right now, here, today, right? In our little community, things like that can happen, and God can do amazing things if we allow him, if we trust him. And one of the things that Chris continued to say was, we trust God. We trust God regardless, regardless of what we're being told. We continue to trust God, and that's powerful. And that's a story we should always remember in our community. That event, I mean, for that whole year, we were unified in a way that our community really hasn't ever been that unified beyond just our town. Thousands and thousands of people prayed um, and the power of prayer was evident in that moment. So in this scene that we have with Peter, it's the same concept. There was desperation. This person that they loved was dying um, or died, Dorcas, Tabitha. As we read in the scripture, she um, was a great person, highly respected woman. She had uh, created robes and she created, um, as the scripture says, it said that, uh, let's see, don't delay in coming with us. Peter got up, went with him, verse 39, led them to the room upstairs. All the widows approached him. They were weeping and they showed him the robes and clothes that Dorcas had made while she was with them. She had made these things and given these things to them. In verse 31, after he told her to give it, he gave her her hand, called the saints and widows, and presented her as alive. These things didn't happen just as isolated events. Right? The purpose of any miracle, if we look in Scripture, the purpose of any miracle is to point towards something. The purpose of a miracle is to point toward the power of Jesus. The purpose of the miracle of Aaron Williams was to point to the power of trusting in Jesus to the power of prayer. For every miracle, there's, there, there is a pointing towards Jesus. And we have to remember that. And in this, it's the same thing when Aeneas was healed through Peter. In verse, verse 35, he says, So all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. The purpose of the miracle of healing of a paralyzed man was this, to point people to the Lord and to share the gospel, the life-changing power of the gospel. 
And then the exact same thing after the healing of Tabitha. This became known throughout Joppa and many believed in the Lord. The results of the miracles through the power of Jesus is the point to the Lord. Ultimately, it's to remind us that if we trust, if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, amazing things can happen. The lame walk, the dead are raised, the dead are raised. You, before Christ, are spiritually dead. And that's the realization when, when Tabitha was raised back to life by Peter. Peter didn't do it for his own glory. He said, in the name of Jesus, get up. Jesus Christ heals you as he healed Aeneas. You see, ultimately, the foundation of all miracles, the foundation of the miracles here, the foundation of the miracles that we see in our lifetime. Jesus Christ is that foundation. We get lost in the, the glory here and the great things and the awe of a miracle and we forget this is common work of Jesus Christ. Let me remind you of another miracle. That's the miracle of taking you spiritually dead and bringing you to spiritually alive. Taking you who are ultimately on a path to hell and to eternal separation from God and to being on a path to heaven and being saved. That is the greatest miracle ever. The greatest miracle ever. Because here's what happens in this story of our lives. In this story of our lives, we start, and listen church, we start, we started as God created man and woman, right? perfectly in his image. And then this thing called sin came in. And we let sin infiltrate our lives. And because of sin, now that we are sinners and we inherit that sin, we can never be in the presence of God because God is perfect. And nowhere, even in, within distance of God, which is he is everywhere, can we be in his presence. God cannot have anything bad in his presence, right? So we have to be separated eternally. And there's that eternal separation from God. Forever and ever. Unless that gap is bridged. And that gap had to be bridged through the ultimate payment, right? The ultimate payment. And that is the blood of Jesus Christ. And because God in the flesh came and died, and we know the story of the death of Jesus Christ, it was for substituting our payment that we had to pay. We had to pay something. There is a wage of sin, for the wages of sin is death. But that death didn't happen to us. And that's the good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ came, died a death that we deserved. And no longer are we eternally separated. And that miracle of salvation is that we are forever in the presence of God because Jesus took it all upon himself. Now that we can be with God, there's something we, right, have to do. Believing in our hearts and confessing with our mouths that Jesus is the Christ. 
Not only do we confess, right, that he is king, we accept him as our Lord. Oftentimes we forget that, church. He, is, he has to have lordship over our life. There has to be a servanthood stance that we take. Jesus Christ is Lord, and since he's our Lord and we give our heart to him, then there is a follow-through, there is an obedience that we strive for because we love him so much that we're going to follow what he directs us to do. He's not just king, he's also Lord. And when Jesus is Lord, that changes who we are. We are made brand new through the blood of Jesus Christ. The miracle of salvation, that's a miracle that's open and free to every one of us. If we believe. So as the worship team comes up, if we can go get Brock there, I think he's leading the kids' church. As the worship team comes up, I want us to realize and to see this big picture. Miracles are all around us. The, the visual miracles, the tangible miracles that we see, the ones that we are witnesses to and we've been a part of ourselves, the ones that God has presented to us in the word, in the scripture that Peter performed through the power of Jesus. These amazing miracles are, are the purpose are to bring our attention to them, to draw awe and wonder. But the core purpose is to draw our eyes to them and then point further that it's because of Jesus. All these amazing, thing ha amazing things happen that are miracles of God are because of Jesus. And when we trust in Jesus with our lives, when we trust in Jesus with all that we are, we believe in him. Then that's when things change. That's when miracles happen in our lives. We get to a point where we're on the fence so much. And I've been there and I know you've been there. Where we find this sense of contentment that we spoke of earlier. This sense of contentment where it's just like, I'll be a Christian, but I got to live my old life too. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. It has to change. You have to change. And when you change here, when you genuinely change here, the appearance, everything you are, has to follow through. It will follow through. So today I want you to, I want you to realize that, to understand that. I'm going to pray for you right now, and then we're going to sing together. <coughs> and if you would like to be prayed for to make that ultimate commitment that you never have before, we can do that today, during service or afterward. Let's stand together. Let's pray together about the amazing power of miracles that we see and that we feel in our hearts. Let's pray right now. Father, today, thank you for your amazing grace, the mercy that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ. God, help us to live a life where we wake up in awe and wonder and say, wow, Father, Thank you for saving me, for I'm not who I used to be. I am brand new through your son, Jesus Christ. So we are walking miracles, Father. We are walking miracles that have to point to something else. Help us to live a life where we, we point to you. We point to something greater, something far greater. And let's point to you by sharing the good news, by the lives we live, by the things we say. We should be in awe and wonder than we are right now. Because your love is far greater. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.